Hello, and welcome to Travel Along with Laura, the podcast where you travel along with me. This podcast is part travel recommendations and part storytelling as I attempt to immerse you in the sounds of visiting a place for the first time and whatever experience I may have. So in this episode, I'm traveling with my kids. Abby is 12 and Tessa is 9. We're in our third location in Italy. We've gone from Rome to Florence, and now we are in Venice. And we'll also visit the neighboring island of Burano, one of our favorite parts of this whole trip. So we'll talk about our experience getting there, all the ways you can get around in the canals, from vaporettos that are like buses, to gondolas and water taxis. You'll hear all about Piazza San Marcos, the main square, the deal with rising water in Venice, a little bit of recommendations on restaurants, and finally the beautiful island of Burano. So come along with us to Venice, Italy. up so many images in your mind. I feel like I'm often going places where I really have no idea what to expect. My only preconceptions are from reading a guidebook or listening to a podcast. So it was interesting to visit a place that's so ubiquitous in our collective imaginations. I've been to the Venice of Africa, Venice, California. So many places with canals are compared to this famous city. I've seen it in movies, so I kind of knew what to expect. I definitely had a romantic idea of what Venice was, and that I do believe is justified. It was an incredibly beautiful and special place. But let's back up a little. First, we had to get there. We were coming from Florence. We took the train, which took us about two hours. You'll want to get the train to Venezia, which is Venice in Italian, Santa Lucia Station. That's the one in the center of Venice, not on the mainland. We are successfully on board our train right now from Florence to Venice. It would have been a little smoother had I not snoozed through our alarm this morning. So we did not have much time to pack up and get out of there. Uh, Didn't have time for breakfast. Luckily yesterday we bought some train snacks. So that was our breakfast. And they do have a little uh, cafe on board the train as well. The food doesn't look very good, but if you want some chips or a soda or uh, anything espresso-based, you've got it. It was hard for me to find a place to stay in Venice. It's expensive. I travel on a budget so I can afford to travel a lot, and this trip to Italy and Croatia with two kids is not cheap. So I considered staying on the mainland. It's a lot cheaper that way, but that's not fun. If we're going to Venice, I wanted the entire experience. So I found a place that was surprisingly reasonable. Not fancy at all, but a good location. Seemed clean. By the way, Venice obviously has a lot of tourism. And 
due to so many people visiting, it is driving local people out of Venice. So a great thing to consider if you're going to Venice is not to use something like an Airbnb or a rental house, because that's driving out the people who live there. So much better to stay in an actual hotel or a B&B, preferably owned by locals. And do your best to eat in family-owned restaurants as well. So we had our place figured out. We arrived in Venice, very tired and very, very hot. We navigated the waterways to the street with our hotel, exhausted with our backpacks, walked down the street to where Google said it should be, and looked around and couldn't find anything. Looked around some more and could not find our hotel. So we stood off to the side. Everybody took off their backpacks as we tried to figure out what was going on. I finally went into a little shop and asked where this place was. They pointed directly across the street where it seemed like it should be. There was a nondescript door there and a sign on it with a phone number to call. So I called that phone number, left a message, waited around for like half an hour trying to figure out what was going on and finally decided either this is a very poorly run hotel or it's a complete scam and it doesn't exist. Either way, me and the kids were far too tired to mess around with it. So I went back on booking.com where I had gotten it and just started looking for another place. This place, by the way, was less than $100. So I managed to find right down the street and in a beautiful location overlooking a canal, a place for $150 that looked like they had openings. So we headed there. There was a lot of confusion and we had to wait a while and they rearranged a room for us so that the three of us could fit. They brought in an extra bed. So they were super great. It was a bit stressful, but in the end it worked out. One of those moments when it's kind of hard to be the only adult on the trip because you got to figure out what to do. Eventually managed to get my money back on booking.com, but it looks like this property has now changed its name to Locatour1356 and still exists on booking. So I don't recommend staying there. Anyway, once we finally got there, rested a bit, cooled off, we were so excited to head on out and see Venice. Of course, one of the best things to do in Venice is travel around in the canals. So there are water taxis. Those are a very expensive option. They look cool. I didn't really realize how many movies must include scenes with these water taxis, but as soon as I saw one, I felt like there were some James Bond chase scenes or all kinds of movies with these boats. They look very distinctive. They have this wood paneling on the outside, like they're channeling a minivan from the 80s. They're pretty cool, Uh, but not a cheap way to go. So what we did the whole time were vaporettos. Those are like buses on the canals. They can get you all kinds of places. We rode them all the time. They were really fun and we got the hang of them, but they did always take longer than I thought they would. We always ended up being able to do less than I planned. 
because it takes a long time to get around. But it was fun. I definitely recommend if you're going to use these to get around at all to get the Vaporetto Pass. It pays for itself pretty quickly. So we did a 48-hour pass, and then we didn't have to worry about how long we were on and when we were going to get back. We could just ride them whenever we needed them. It was so fascinating just seeing all the boats on the water, just having the streets be boats like we saw an ambulance that was a boat because that's how you have to get places. Just really fascinating. The kids learned to play war, the card game, on this trip, and we did a lot of it on water taxis as we traveled around. This is a nice search. But it can't be an A, so it has to be something really big. It can't be a two. It cannot be a two or anything else. I choose this one. Wait, what's happening So they weren't very good at following the rules, but they were learning negotiation skills. So the first evening, we just decided to take a Vaporetto under the Rialto Bridge. This is the most famous bridge in Venice. It's the oldest of the four bridges that cross the Grand Canal. It's got a roof going over it with these beautiful arches in the side. On one side of it is the Rialto Market. And this is where all the gondola rides are concentrated. So, you know, that's the the long boat where somebody in the back has a long pole that is pushing you through the canals. So a major thing to do in Venice is take a gondola ride. Gondola rides cost 80 euros for the boat. You're on there for 20 or 30 minutes. In the evening and at night, it's 120 euros. So it looked like a cool experience. I think that might be worth it, especially if you're dividing that price between multiple people. But we decided not to do it. We were really enjoying the Vaporettos anyway. And uh, it was really cool, though, to go under the Rialto Bridge where all these gondolas were concentrated. Now, one crazy idea is I found an organization called Row Venice that gives you a rowing lesson. So for 120 euros, you can get to do it yourself, which sounded kind of cool. I thought about that for a minute. So our first night... We just went to the Rialto Bridge, found a grocery store right by there, brought some things back to our hotel, and had an early night. So one thing you can't miss, of course, is the main square, Piazza San Marcos, a.k.a. St. Mark's Square. So the next morning, we hopped once again on a Vaporetto and found our way there. I was blown away by the sheer size of this plaza, of these buildings all around it, of the detail, especially on the Basilica. St. Mark's Basilica is right on the main square, and it's just covered in tons of little domes and spires everywhere, very spiky building. It was really an incredible sight. So we took it in, and I thought it would be cool to sit down at one of the cafes in the square just to soak up the atmosphere. Oh my gosh, we are at San Marcos Square in Venice, and 
uh, we just thought, oh, let's get get a drink, cool off, and sat down at one of the fancy one of the fancy restaurants lining the square. I figured normally a Coke at a restaurant is like three euros. Maybe it would be double that, sixteen euros for a Coke. So uh, we stood up again. We're going to find another option. So we didn't manage to get out of our hotel in time, but I've heard if you get to St. Marco's Square before the crowds, uh, most attractions open at nine. So get there before then in order to get some nice photos and have it be not so crowded. There's a lot to do on the square itself. St. Mark's Basilica is free, but the line gets long. Recommend that you do it early in the morning before a lot of people are there. The Doge's Palace is there, which is a museum. There's also a bell tower at the square. It costs eight euros to climb it. Um, We didn't do it, but I wish we could have. It's the tallest point in Venice, so it's supposed to be a great view down of the canals and all of Venice. Um, And I hear there is an elevator as well. Finding good places to eat in Venice was fairly frustrating. It's the old issue when you have so many tourists. Places can survive based off of people just eating there once, so a lot of places weren't really anything special. We never had a terrible experience, but I do have one restaurant to recommend, Trattoria Pontini. I'll put it on my map on Patreon. This was a nice restaurant, a little more expensive, but still quite reasonable. I saw them recommended a few places, and we had a great experience there. We did have to wait a while. We were getting hangry, so you may want to do reservations, especially for dinner. So we got a great seafood dish with mussels and clams and pasta. They had wine on tap, y'all. That is a special place that has wine on tap. Now, every time I go on a trip, I end out with one big regret of leaving without eating something. And this one, it was the ink noodles at this place. So these are these black noodles cooked with squid ink. They looked really good. They looked interesting. At that point, we were so hangry that I really didn't want to risk not having something the kids would eat at the table. So I went safe. And maybe that was wrong. We also really enjoyed a lot of fun pastries and treats and, of course, gelato. So do I. So while I have been perfecting my wine tasting, Tessa is perfecting their gelato tasting technique. Can you tell us all about it? Yes. So I got lemon meringue. Yeah. I thought it was just lemon, but if you only have like a bit of it on your tongue and then press it to to the roof of your mouth, it really tastes like lemon meringue pie. So let's talk about rising water in Venice. It's pretty crazy. So first of all, the city itself is sinking at one to two millimeters a year. So not a lot, but it adds up over the many years that Venice has been around. It was founded in 600 and something. So it's actually already sank many meters. Then we've got sea level rise due to climate change. 
That's been 20 centimeters just in the last century. There also were some barrier islands that used to protect Venice from larger tides and waves. And in the 60s, they decided to let some oil tankers through to reach a port, and that eroded a lot of the lagoon. So between all these things and then just having normal variations in the tides, you can have some pretty big flooding events. So in the last 1,200 years, St. Mark's Basilica, right on that main square, has flooded six times. Four of those were in the last 20 years, so this is getting definitely worse. The biggest flood was in 2019. At its deepest point, it was over six feet underwater. That's 1.8 meters for you metric users. 80% of the island of Venice was flooded. More minor flooding does happen regularly, though, about four times a year. It's most likely in November and December. So if you plan to head to Venice in the winter, it's still totally doable. You don't need to avoid it, but you should be aware that this is a possibility. So the lowest point on the island is St. Mark's Square. So that's what is commonly affected by flooding when they have these smaller events. Keep in mind, most of the island is still going to be dry. So... It just means you may need to avoid the square. However, it doesn't really shut things down when it's not bad. People put on rain boots and they set up these raised sidewalks through the square and carry on as normally as they can. I would say, um, especially if you're going in winter, but this is one more reason to not pack a wheeled suitcase for Venice. It's not easy to maneuver. At least don't pack one you can't lift up. I would recommend that anyway, due to everything being like uneven cobblestone and there's a lot of stairs. It also affects boat traffic. Big boats like the Vaporettos can't always fit under the bridges when water is high. So I saw signs up explaining the alternate routes that all the Vaporettos would take in case of high water. So pretty interesting aspect of modern Venice that is only going to get worse. So there's tons more to do and see in Venice itself than we did. But another thing you can do is go island hopping. Venice is not the only island in the area. There's tons of them. If you want a little bit of the beach scene, you can go to Lido. That would make a good day trip. There's a beach. There's a walk down the main street you can do. It's a long, long, skinny barrier island. So we didn't do that, but it looks cool. You can get there on the Vaporetto. And you can also hit up Murano and Burano. These make a great day trip. You can do both in one day. Murano is pretty close to Venice. It's only maybe a 10, 15 minute Vaporetto ride. Burano is a bit farther. We actually decided to spend the night on Burano, which was one of the best things we did on this whole trip. I absolutely recommend it. Certainly go there for the day and wander around if nothing else. It is one of the most picturesque places I've ever seen. So imagine a tiny little Venice with the canals running through. Uh, But there's not a lot here. There's a few restaurants, but it's mostly just houses and they are these beautifully colored, bright, incredible houses right up against these tiny canals. Me and the kids just 
wandered around for hours just taking pictures. It was a really incredible place. It was so chill and relaxed after all this moving around we'd been doing. It was just so lovely to stop for a minute in such a quiet place. We are in Lebrano. It is really beautiful. I think it's like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen because all of the houses are painted like bright pink, bright purple, bright orange, bright blue, really pretty. And there's also like pastel purple, pastel pink, yeah, pastel blue, really, really pretty. And what amazes me is that everybody painted their houses. So like, like every single house is painted. And it didn't come like that. Like they put in the dedication to paint it. It just feels really safe. All the alleyways are pretty. There's a leaning tower here too. It's not just for Pisa. This cool little church tower, tall and skinny, is definitely tilted over. Such a picturesque place. So there's not much for hotels on the island. It's very small. We stayed at an Airbnb and it was lovely. Uh, There is no bad location on this island. The whole thing is so small. You can walk every street in half an hour unless you're stopping every two steps for pictures, like we did. The place kind of shuts down after tourists leave for the day. It's kind of a a day trip, common day trip from Venice. Um, so we actually had trouble finding a place for dinner, uh, especially because we were there on a Monday, and most restaurants were closed on Monday. Um, there are a few nice restaurants if you're not there on a Monday. I had my eye on a couple nice seafood ones. Uh, but that's something to keep in mind and maybe plan ahead is where you're going to eat. So Tess and I decided once it got dark, we were going to bed. Hey, seagull. We decided we needed to see what the canal looked like at night. So we came out here. What is it like out here? It's really pretty. It is, isn't it? It's and so like peaceful. A ton of light. Beautifully lit up. There's a few people walking around. Here comes a boat. It's pretty awesome. After being in some crowded, busy places for the last week or so, it feels really good to be in this slow, peaceful place. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Shall we walk some more? We came across a little playground. Where it seemed like the whole island was gathered. It was just such a nice, peaceful experience. So I highly recommend checking out Burano, spending the night if you can. We didn't have time to do Murano as well, although you can do both in a day if you don't stay so long. Murano is famous for its glass. You can buy Murano glass all around Venice, uh, but you can also tour the glass-making place on the island. 
So, wow, I can't believe we were only in Venice for one night and Burano for one night. I wish we could have stayed longer. That said, you don't need a ton of time in Venice. I also found it kind of stressful. We were there when it was really hot as well, and it was challenging with kids. What a special experience it was to see this unusual place and just feel what life is like. I kept stopping in the middle of what we were doing and going, wait, people live here. Like, this is a real city, too. People actually live their actual lives in such a unique place. Just really cool to see. I can't believe I almost didn't come to Venice because I was like, oh, it's so touristy. I don't know. Maybe we'll skip it. And I was talking to my parents who said, yeah, but it's Venice. And it turns out they were right. I'm so glad we went. Definitely a place you should see in your lifetime. And we had an incredible and very memorable time. Thank you for listening to Travel Along with Laura. If you like what I do, please share widely. I'm trying to get this podcast out there. Tell your friends, share it online. And I'd love to hear from you. You can message me on my Instagram, Travel Along Podcast. You can email me at travelalongpodcast at gmail.com. So up next, we are hitting another country. My trip with the kids continues into Croatia. We are going to be getting on a boat, which will get us to the Istria Peninsula in Croatia. And our first destination will be Rovinja. Croatia was super cool. Can't wait to tell you about it next time. Thanks for traveling along with me.